Welcome everybody to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the show where we get together every month and we talk about which movies have come out, which ones we recommend and, we, and want you to see. The, show, the thing that differentiates us from the other 100,000 movie shows on YouTube is that we are four high school friends and we've been talking movies for years and we'd be talking about them even if no one was listening. Um, this is kind of a different episode because the state of the world is in a very unique uh, place. So, um, real quick, we're going to go over who's with us today. We've got Brandon Bowlby in New York City. How's it going, guys? We've got Sean in Seattle. Hey. Uh, Derek, you're in Everett. Hi. And, yeah, I'm Nick Moffat, and I'm in Marysville today. So, um, yeah, right now um, we're all sheltering in place. Um, all I think both of our states that we're in have uh, been pretty much on lockdown. I know New York City is in lockdown and Seattle and everything. Washington is uh, sheltering in place. I came up to my parents' house and uh, we're we're just kind of hold up here, um, not doing anything, you know, doing the social distance thing because of the coronavirus. And um, yeah, it's kind of a weird month because movies and the entertainment industry has basically been uh, turned into a standstill. Um, all the movie theaters are closed. There's um, a few movies that have come out on home video or digital uh, that you could watch, but um, yeah, we, we don't have uh, we have a few recommendations that we're going to go over, but you know, um, I, don't know, I kind of just miss you guys. I kind of want to just hang out with you. I want to know about what your what your lives are like uh, with with this current situation we're in. Um, Brandon, what's what's New York City like? This is kind of like our version of all those Zoom hangout sessions everyone's been doing with friends. This is totally what this is reminding me of right now. Right, but, like we're like the hipsters who uh, have been doing this uh, before uh, the coronavirus was cool, right? Yeah. So, I mean, cool. New York isn't... <laughs> New York isn't that different for me, at least. I've been playing a lot more like online video games with some of my friends. Um, but besides that, I've been working from home, um, walking to Bodega to get groceries and going for runs outside. The parks are still super crowded, but the streets and sidewalks are pretty empty. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, my work closed and I've just been working for my laptop here on my couch for the last two weeks. Word. Um, I feel like New York would be kind of a scary place to be in just because everyone's so close together and on top of each other and riding the subway and stuff. Are you still taking the subway? I haven't taken the subway because I haven't had anywhere to go for a bit. So I met up with some friends like at a park to just go for a walk, but I ran there. So I actually haven't been on the subway in a bit. Hmm. All right. Are people in, in general avoiding the subway? If you do, you have any? Honestly, I think the subway is pretty safe at this point because it's empty, and you'd actually don't have to touch a single thing when you're on the subway. Hmm. So, I don't see it as any more dangerous than anywhere else than going to a grocery store or something, because hmm. you can walk in there and completely hands free get a ride all the way yeah, across I mean, New York. I, I don't know, man. Every time I've gone on one of those compartments. Uh, they, they, they're pretty small, and um, whenever I don't hold on to that little pole, you know, I go flying, you know, and yeah. across the floor. You could put your, could lean, like, your butt up against the door. There's there's different strategies. Okay. 
Jeez, yeah. So, so it's not too different for you, yeah. um, except for the working at home thing. Yeah, I'm kind of a homebody, regardless. Word. I mean, like, uh, was that kind of weird for you to go out and hang out with your friends? Like, I don't know. For for us, I mean, for us, I think most people are kind of avoiding each other. Is that? Well, um, yeah, we did it outside. We went for like a walk for an hour and a half, and you know, we didn't hand anything off to each other. We just kind of strolled around and chatted. Um, so it was nice. And yeah, we didn't hug or shake hands or pass our phones back and forth or anything like that. So we tried to obey all the rules. Word. Well, yeah. is there anything, uh, you know, out of the ordinary or anything you'd like to say that, you know, you've been doing differently, like uh, entertainment wise to keep yourself busy while you've been yeah. complaining a lot even more than normal? been playing a lot of guitar ton of guitar been getting been getting better um it's been a long road but i finally feel like i can play what i want to play and it's nice and besides that i've also been playing a lot more video games um but the main thing i want to talk about is movie i watched a couple nights ago finally uh contagion and this is mostly nick inspired by your four and a half star review on letterbox i was really excited to see it um I, who sean and derek have you guys checked this movie i've not seen it okay yeah. this yeah, is, I, I love that movie but i don't think i'd be able to watch it right now because i think it might freak me out too much yeah <laughs> it's it's so real um it's almost like it's almost like comical at parts that it's so real. Like when they go into like a montage, like 40 minutes into the movie of people clearing out the stores and like slowly grabbing cans and toilet paper and just like convenience store shelves, just like emptying down. And it's crazy how on point it is. But besides just that guys, it's a fucking amazing, amazing film. I loved it so much. It's like super slick. Uh, Steven Sonnenberg's directing on that is really like crisp and precise. And the amount of characters he jams into that film is really fun to watch. It's just like, it's such a global story and you Mm -hmm. get a sense of what all these characters are doing and how they're contributing the solution. Um, And Nick, I have to say, I don't know how much you remember it, but I think Jude Law's character is kind of the most interesting. And I really liked how his story played out throughout the film. Uh, well, you know was the about? reporter, right? That was being yeah. prosecuted by the government a little bit. Yeah. He's like the, they didn't want him to be reporting on. It's the underground anti-government like blog poster. Um, right. And his character was so subtly done. Like at the start, you think the story is going to be about him actually like exposing the government. And then you kind of start realizing he's just might be a fraud. And then they never kind of tell you like which way it is. And it's just like the way it plays out is so smart and subtle. And it's just like, you know, great kind of cliffhanger, unanswered questions. Yeah, um, I remember um, how his story ends, too. And it's it's pretty shocking. Yeah. I mean, um, Sean, what's that movie you loved on Netflix? Outbreak? <laughs> Outbreak. Yeah. It's like his character is the story of outbreak. Like the government is literally trying to murder everybody. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's done in actually a good way of storytelling mm. as opposed to that movie, which is just ridiculous. Nice. <laughs> the other thing that I remember really well about Contagion, I mean, the thing about Contagion is that there's a bunch of different characters and they are um, like, there's a bunch of different stories being told all at once. Um, but I remember, th- I can't remember if it was part of the same montage you mentioned earlier, but there's a part, there's a montage where, they show how germs are spread like on doorknobs and through coughing and like a lot of like surfaces that you wouldn't think of. And, um, uh, I remember that being really, really scary. It's, it's cool. Cause it's maybe there is a montage, but in my head I'm remembering it's less of a montage and more of just like they decide to edit in these moments with every character you're seeing of just like that you normally wouldn't get a shot of of just someone holding onto the subway handle and mm-hmm. someone just like taking a drink of water or like giving some change to somebody else. And they just focus on these like insignificant moments that these characters are doing. And they're not saying whether they're actually passing germs or not, but it's just getting psychologically into your head that like, this is fucked up mm-hmm. stuff we do all the time that puts our friends and family in danger. And it's just right. kind of throughout the movie. It's really yeah. clever. I think it should be said that the virus in Contagion is a lot worse than what we're going through right now. Um, But it is like, I do think that element of the um, unknown and the psychological warfare that um, we're, that, that movie covers is also what we're going through right now with our situation. Like how, how risk how risky is it like how dangerous is it to go out in public should we be hanging out with our friends like what what is the risk and i mean clearly clearly certain governments have said that the best thing is to best thing is to shelter in place and not see anybody but you can't help but wonder going to the grocery store is that too much of a risk like there's there's the psychological element on top of the the physical germ being spread Right. You have to kind of battle within yourself. Yeah. Um, Because part of it, because it's unknown. So, um. yeah. So I just want to say, I know this movie's kind of trending right now because of the circumstances, but it's actually a like remarkably good film. Go see it. Mm. So contagion Um, is better than. I do have one more film I want to talk about real quick. It's better than outbreak. It's better than outbreak for sure. (laughs) I remember outbreak kind of being like a, more of like a felt felt more like a big like event movie than Contagion was kind of just like the smaller Steven Soderbergh movie that just kind of came and went. Yeah, exactly. Outbreak is kind of more of like a '90s shot, like an action film. Type yeah. Thing. yeah, yeah. But I just want to do a shout out to this late 2019 film I finally got around to seeing because it's streaming on demand. Um, is Trey Edward Schultz's third film Waves. Um, This is a super mega drama of all dramas. And whether you think everything lands or not, like this director is constantly pushing himself and doing something very different from each of his films before. Um, And I really liked it a lot. Uh, One thing that stood out to me is just the soundtrack um, could not be any more curated towards me. And I started like laughing at several parts because I was just like, this is my playlist. How the hell? Like, <laughs> Trey Edward Schultz is on to me. Uh, it was literally like Animal Collective comes on and like the lead character singing along with it at one point. It's ridiculous. But 
Yeah, a great heavy, heavy drama with a lot of style. And I don't think it's going to hit for everyone, but you'll still appreciate what he's doing. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I missed that one last year, but yeah, uh, seeing the soundtrack does make me a little more interested. Um, Frank Ocean's on there, I think. And, uh, a bunch of others. Tyler, the creator, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, Sean, uh, you're uh, holed up in Ballard, right? S- yeah. Seattle. Uh, how's that going for you? Um, it's mostly going pretty good. Just hanging out, and um, it is nice to be in the city and and be able to just walk to uh, places to get food and walk to get groceries. You know, go get coffee in the morning, and kind of gets us out of the house and and um, out and about. <clears throat> been doing a little bit of biking. Um, but Ballard, I'm actually, I'm looking out the window right now, looking at Ballard, but it's, it's pretty dead out there. Um, you know, there's definitely some people walking around, but like last night was the first weekend, um, that we were under the, you know, uh, the actual orders and it was very dead in Ballard. Um, unlike I've ever seen before. Uh, but yeah, we're doing all right. Um, doing a lot of Skype calls and hangouts and, um, yeah. Uh, you we actually I'm, just, I'm yeah, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. What were you saying? I was going to say we, we discovered this, um, it's like a Google Chrome add-on, um, feature that lets you sync up a movie with another Netflix account. Netflix party. Yeah. Netflix party. Whoa. Um, which works okay. We ended up having to mute our audio because it w- there was some echo in there, but um, oh, yeah, like it was kind of cool. The movie. Yeah, like we were hearing the the other movie. That makes sense through the their microphone. Um, but yeah, it was pretty fun. We watched Hush, I think, which was okay. Um, but yeah, I've been uh, yeah a lot of hanging out, watching some sitcoms, and been watching. Um, Brooklyn nine, nine, just to, you know, just kind of binge watching that. Um, I've been cooking a lot and, um, I've been playing video games. Uh, I'm playing, um, dead cells, which Brandon recommended to me. Oh yeah. So good. Um, it's pretty fun. Um, and then, yeah, I've been watching some, some TV shows, some HBO TV shows that I've been meaning to watch. Um, yeah, I guess I've been watching Deadwood. I, I actually finished Deadwood, um, kind of blew through that. Uh, people put it, that show yeah, on like a pedestal. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's been, um, kind of on my to-do list, uh, since I was doing the, my Westerns anthology. Um, I kind of started it, but then, uh, stopped a few episodes in, um, like maybe a year or two ago, but then just picked it up and it was, um, yeah, it was kind of blowing me away. It's, it's a early HBO type show. Um, and I feel like it's kind of along the lines of, uh, the Sopranos in that it doesn't really have a continuous, like one single continuous storyline that every episode is pushing forward. It's more like, um, it's more just about this, this, um, newly forming, um, mining town in, I believe it's North Dakota, or one of the Dakotas. And, um, 
it's just about kind of the the daily lives and the problems that they that the town runs into um and it's just like it, it's it's also kind of like sopranos in that it's really subtle like it, it spends a lot of time building to these really brilliantly um brilliantly put together like very subtle payoffs um and it's just like it's something small like like just a little look or just some some kind of nod to the audience that's that's um that was like set up over several episodes but it just like it's so interesting and so subtle and and um brilliantly done um but yeah it's um I really enjoyed it. I, I haven't seen the movie. The movie came out what uh, 2018 or came out last year. I watched last it. Year, uh, I watched it last year. Yeah. Uh, yep, yeah. Yep. Never heard of this. Um, so yeah, that that'll be interesting to see. I haven't seen that yet. Is it a sequel? Um, but it, um, yeah. Well, it looks like. I mean, what? It's a, a decade or like maybe 15 years after okay. um, the final season aired. But it looks like it just kind of picks up right where the um the show left off i I watched a trailer for it and it's um yeah nick did you watch the whole show so yeah uh i watched the first season and i loved it um i have it on dvd weirdly like i don't have a lot of shows on dvd but i actually have that one on dvd and i i loved it um i echo everything you're saying Maybe not as much. I feel like it did kind of, it was like, I felt like it was like an in-between between The Sopranos and The Wire. Like, they all came around at the same time, and I think a mm-hmm. lot of people put Deadwood right up there with those shows if they were watching it, like, live. You know, I think a lot of people are like, that was the epitome of TV at the time. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like there was a little bit more story than The Sopranos has, but less than what The Wire has. Um, because I do remember yeah. things kind of going back and like kind of there being thread lines, mm-hmm. but, um, I, yeah, no, I, I remember things being subtle, but also like, there are also like really shocking things that would just happen, you know, like mm-hmm. how HBO does where you're just like, what? I thought, I thought that was a main character, you know, or whatever, uh-huh. but, um, yeah, definitely. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so I only saw the first season. I don't know why I didn't get around to finishing the other, the rest of the show. I just, I think, I guess, probably because I had it on DVD. Um, I didn't have the other ones. But then uh, I don't know. The movie came out last year, and I just read a little bit about it, and kind of was like, well, screw it. I don't know. I, I, it's a cheat. I know I like kind of like cheated myself on the whole story of Deadwood, but. Um, I just really wanted to see the movie because I had heard great things about it on podcast. And so I just, mm, nice. I just watched it and I thought it was really good. Yeah. I actually thought it was like, a, as far as I could tell, it took place a little bit of time after the finale, but because it was like characters were kind of coming back to the town as if they'd been gone okay. for a while. But yeah, um, I mean, so season three ends um, as almost as if they were expecting to do another season. Like okay. it, it almost felt like they were just kind of canceled out of the blue yeah. and, um, didn't get a chance to wrap hardly anything up. People have been uh, I mean, wanting- there was like a, there was a, there was a, um, you know, a, a season arc that kind of happened and came to an end, but, 
um, yeah, it definitely looked like they were, they had more plans for it and all they did, you know, they, like they were canceled, it, it, at least it felt like they were canceled unexpectedly and then got a chance to make this movie 15 years later or so. Yeah. And they just were like, well, let's just do exactly the story, the, you know, wrap up that story exactly as we were planning to. But now it's just 15 years right. later Fuck it. Why in, not? The, in the story. So like it looks like everyone's coming back and resolving the problems and the issues that the third season um, ends with. Yeah, uh, people so have that, been that, wanting that cool. the, the like a continuation for years. Like ever yeah. since I heard of Deadwood, it was like we're waiting for that movie or the next season to come out. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, it needed it for sure. It was it ended pretty abruptly. Um, so I'm really glad that there's a there's a movie now. Well, what's um, what's really cool yeah, about Deadwood too? It's not just to recommend it to people. Is that it is one of these HBO shows that I'm pretty sure only has like 13 episodes a season. I mean, they're long episodes, yeah. right? They're like an hour long. But mm-hmm. I mean, in this time of quarantine, of sheltering in place, you know, you could jump on some of these HBO shows. Same with The Sopranos and The Wire. Like they're only 13 episodes, so. You have, I feel like with shows like that that came out so long ago, you have this idea of them being huge projects that you would have to commit yourself to. But man, mm-hmm. Deadwood's only three seasons and a movie of 13 episodes. So very manageable to work through at this yeah, time where sure. you're not doing anything else except for watching TV. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, I then watch, me and Kelly have been re watching Game of Thrones. Basically, we so we wanted to start the show over leading up to the new season, the final season of Game of Thrones last year. And we only got through like season three or so before three, three or four before the the final season came out. So then we just watched the final season. Then we kind of slowly had been um, watching the rest of the show since. Um, But we finally finished it last night. We watched the last episode. Um, we rewatched the last episode for the, um, for the first time. And, um, yeah, I mean, I gotta say, like, I know a lot of people really hate the show or at least really hate the, the final season. Yeah. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm really into it. Um, I'm really into a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I will put a disclaimer in there that I agree that if they had at least, I think what they what they should have done is done a full 10 episode season seven, ended season seven with the big battle at Winterfell. And then the final season, if they had done a 10 episode final season, ending it the way that they the way pretty much the same way that they ended the show, but having a lot more room to breathe um, and, and kind of slow things down a little bit. I think the show would have been kind of perfect. Um, I agree I think completely, like, Sean. Completely agree, honestly. But yeah, I'm having, and I fully recognize that the show would have greatly benefited from that. But in spite of that, like what we get, that I think there are a lot of really compelling and interesting, um, uh, and really interesting wrap-ups of all the characters. And I, I guess I don't really want to, I don't right. know if we, can we spoil? Can well, we spoil the uh, ending that game? With I do have one. Right. I do have one all I'll encompassing just, question. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I guess I'll just say Daenerys, is, the, the way that they ended Daenerys's character, 
I think not only is um was really well done, um, but it was like inevitable. The way that they built up her character over the show, over the course of the show, is fucking brilliant. And that ending that they gave to her is so interesting and says so much about humanity and um i think is like not just genius for her character but genius on a meta level because of what they did to the audience and the like the the like the almost like the accusation that they are putting on the audience like the tribalism and the the way that we see our leaders and the system and like their commentary on that, I think is fucking brilliant. Um, but yeah. 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 Um, uh, can I ask my big question? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, revised game of throne season power ranking. Don't think about it. Just go. Oh shoot. Um, just go. Don't think about it. Okay. So, I mean, I think for, it's probably the best just in that there's the most, the most stuff happens. Um, like every episode, something big and crazy happens. Um, and then one is right there with it. Um, Oh God, it's so hard. And then three, two, no, maybe two, three, I don't know. (laughs) And then those two are tied. And then I think five, six are, Tied, maybe seven, eight are tied. Okay, okay so then it so, climbs down um, after that. Okay, so cool. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, yeah, I feel like this is the conversation for another podcast. No offense, but like I would love. <laughs> I feel like we could talk about the end of Game of Thrones and the ranking of Game of Thrones for for an hour and a half uh, by itself, or mm-hmm. a whole podcast series by itself, but. Um, you know, we don't have super amount of time to get into that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anything else you want to like, uh, you keep them busy with or, um, um, you know, I watched, I finally watched gone with the wind. Um, was that yesterday? Yeah, I guess yesterday as well. Um, and man, that is the first two hours of that movie is a masterpiece. Um, five star movie. Uh, I'm not so sure about the second half, especially the last hour or so of the movie. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the game Gone to Wind is a weird movie. It was, I, I, you know, I saw it in 2018 and it was uh, very different than what I was expecting. Like I was mm-hmm. totally expecting a romance and it was yeah. not a romance at all, really. It was mm-hmm. like an anti-romance kind of, and um, there was a lot of tragedy in it, and um, the ending left me perplexed. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was great, though. I gave it four and a half stars. Um, yeah, but I mean, I definitely give the first two hours, maybe like two and a half or so, um, easily five stars. One of the best movies ever made. Wow. Um, but yeah. it, it hmm. but like you say, you thought it was a romance and then it wasn't a romance. It was an anti-romance. I agree until like the last hour of the hour of the film. I think it kind of falls apart and like pushes its main character, um, Scarlet 
O'Hara uh, to the wayside and she becomes really uninteresting and um, has no agency and yeah. Um, so it kind of fell apart for me in the end, but uh, I did really enjoy most of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Gone with the Wind, perfect time to watch Gone with the Wind, I yeah. must mm-hmm. say, you know, with all this time that we have. It's like I four hours you long. On that, I was just Wait, watching I just watched a movie called uh, Obvious Child and uh, it's about a girl who gets an abortion and at the end of the movie they're like, What are we gonna do after this abortion? Uh, we just have to sit her on the couch. Maybe we should watch Gone with the Wind. Yeah, but it's so long. Yeah, but what else are we doing? Might as well watch it. So they watch Gone with the Wind, and that's how the movie ends. So uh, just like getting an abortion, the coronavirus is a great opportunity to watch Gone with the Wind. Um, That movie was in Derek's top ten. Yeah, it was long. Yeah, when the movie came out. Yeah, they came out a while back, 2011 or 13 or something. Hmm. It was all right. um, Cool. Well, Derek... Speaking of your top ten, what's your life like there in Everett with Phoenix and uh, your family? Um, it's not super different for me. I'm one of the lucky or unlucky people that get to go to work still. Um, but just work has become kind of miserable for everybody because it's just, you know, it's like, you know, you're not supposed to be out, but... I don't know. There's like ways around different laws and stuff. So we're still working. (laughs) And so everyone, nobody feels like they should be there. And, you know, everyone's worried about getting sick and it's just a really tough time. Do you feel like your job is like one of the essential jobs? Absolutely not. We're building a casino. (laughs) (laughs) So no, it has no effect on anything, but because of loopholes and because companies want to make money, uh, we're still working. And then they kind of, I don't know, it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, people are sick. You know, it's only a matter of time before, you know, it's a pretty big group of people working on a construction site. Um, You know, probably over 100 people, fairly close together. So it's like one person gets sick, everyone's going to get sick. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it just makes for a really shitty environment for everyone because everyone's worried And when you're working around stuff that could potentially kill people, you know, it's dangerous to, to be worried all day, you know? Yeah. To be on edge. That sucks. Yeah. So that, that sucks. But, uh, I guess the good thing is I'm still getting paid and stuff. But so for the most part, everything's kind of stayed the same for me. I'm just coming to work and coming home and then hanging out. Totally. Just can't go see anyone, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, totally. Um, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Uh, because you can't see anybody. Anything uh, different for you? Um, well, still, that's like what hasn't really changed a whole lot. I still I have a pretty good big group of people that I play games with online, and I think if anything in this time like games have only gotten like they've like skyrocketed like totally. amount of users and stuff online mm-hmm. so so that hasn't changed at all uh, i still still hang out and play some online games with all the same people um 
What games? Mm-hmm. Quick um, recap. Just no, 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 I haven't really played much single player games. A lot of just like competitive shooters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we've been playing Fortnite and uh, Call of Duty came out with a new Warfare. Like, yeah, I'm playing. I'm going to play War- Warfare with my friends tonight for the first time. Warzone. Warzone. Yeah. Yeah. Free to play. Yeah, oh. it's free and uh, it's pretty good. It's really it's fun. You know, it's just like those kind of games, that new genre, Battle Royale, where it just throws 150 people in a match together. They're really fun to just, it's really casual to just jump in and play. And there is a, It's just fun when you're playing with people you know. Yeah. It seems like games are a really good um, source of um, like social contact from uh, for, for this sort of situation that we're in. I'm not surprised yeah. at all that that uh, it's skyrocketing for users and people gain on board. And I feel like I feel like people like me don't really think about it too much because I don't really play games. But um, yeah, like in terms of social distancing, that's like the perfect the perfect perfect thing to be doing. Right. Yeah, it's it's great because you're like focusing on the game and you don't have to say anything. But then like you can totally go in depth on a conversation with your friends throughout the like three hours, two hours you're playing together. But it's not That's like, awesome. you know, it's not like you have to small talk the whole time. Right. Well, and a lot of the people I play with are other people that have like families and stuff. So we, we never really got together in person before this either because it's just we're so busy all the time, you know. And so um, it's always been kind of a nice outlet to be able to hang out with people that just are busy all the time, you know it's so much easier to just walk in your bedroom and you can be, you can hang out with those people. And, uh, it's so this situation hasn't changed anything as far as that goes, but it's just nice to, it's nice that a lot more people are kind of embracing that now too. So the point where there's literally been lines to get into video games, <laughs> like it's just been so busy. There's been, wow. you are full. yeah, exactly. They've been like maxing out. So, yeah. but yeah, other than that, um, Fargo season four just started, so I've been trying to catch up on that show. I've been watching Fargo season three. So curious, been, Derek. I didn't see season three, but I loved so one and two. <laughs> that that show's just like every show, every episode of that show just feels so ingenious. Just like every, it's so simple. And it's all, it's not like a complicated show. Like it's, you guys have seen Fargo, the movie. It's very much, they try to keep that same spirit of like, you know, a bunch of kind of bumbling fools get involved Mm. in all these different, you know, shitty situations. And it, and then there's always a mystery and a detective and stuff like that. And so that's kind of what, that's what every season of the show is. So it's not like incredibly complex, but the people involved with making it just, they're so smart. It just like, how do we, what can we do different this episode that we haven't done yet in any other episode? And they do that every episode. And so it's just always changing and it's always got like a new artistic flair that just, it's just, it's so creative. You just get excited when you see like, Oh, what? Oh, wow. Okay. This is interesting. There's literally a moment that I Googled the show or no, what, what did it, yeah, no, I was on, uh, I was watching on Hulu. I had to back out to make sure I was still watching the show because just what was happening on screen was so different from anything else I'd seen on the show. Hmm. I was like, there's, wait, did I accidentally switch to a different 
what the heck? But no, no, it's still Fargo. It's just so quirky and weird. It just like, it just goes off in different ways. Like just does different things all the time. And they don't, they don't like hold your hand through it either. So the show, like that specific moment, I think someone was reading a children's book, but instead of them just sitting there at the book open in front of children, like they just animate, like you were in the book, Hmm. like witnessing what they were talking. I don't know. It's kind of, it was weird. Yeah. And I, I just, it was so off from this like violent crime drama thing i could totally see that being really like surreal you're watching it and wait is this the right show what yeah (laughs) but Um, they do that kind of stuff all the time and it's just it's fun to watch so Dirk, let me ask you i've never seen um i love the movie fargo it's one of my favorite movies and i've i've never seen the show um Is the show like all on Hulu? Like, is the whole thing on Hulu, or is just season three? Like, no, it's um, all on Hulu. In oh, fact, nice. I think the new season is airing. It's like it. I think since Disney bought Fox and Disney has a giant shares in Hulu, like I think they own like sixty percent of Hulu. So now mm-hmm. they're they're airing. It's they call it FX on Hulu. No. Yeah, there's so a it's huge an FX combo. show. Yeah, but it's just going straight onto Hulu. Okay. And that's so FX think, across the board on FX. Right. Okay. Yeah. And there's another FX show actually I'm watching right now, which is Alex Garland's show, Devs. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's another, it's another one of those FX on Hulu shows. Yeah. I've been yeah. meaning to watch that. Um, is, it, is it pretty good? Yeah. Like? I mean, it's not... It's, it's different. I don't think it's like quite as... Um, solid as his movies mm. you know it's not but again those are all condensed into two hours this is like a 10 hour long show but um it's good it's got his trademark like just really interesting sci-fi premise that and he just goes so so deep into it there's a lot of mysteries and stuff um it's got a great cast it stars nick offerman and um What's the girl's name? Sonoya Mizunu. She's like, she's the, the dancing robot in Ex Machina. Mm. That's the main character of the show. Yeah. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's just, uh, it's slow. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's no annihilation. Yeah. It's just not, it's not quite as, I mean, none of his movies are straightforward, but they're, straightforward in a way that they're really easy for anyone to get captivated by. I feel like mm-hmm. this shows a little more, you got to be into this kind of stuff. I feel like it's all about, there's a lot of like Silicon Valley politics built into it and that kind of stuff. So if you're not interested in that stuff, it's probably to be less interesting. But okay. Nice. Well, cool. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to, I just got back on Hulu. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was hoping to be able to watch that show. Um, yeah. Sounds good. Um, I like Alex Garland a lot. He's great. So, well, cool, Derek. I'm glad your life is fairly normal. Um, if heightened stress, uh, you know, that's something we're all kind of just dealing with right now, this heightened stress yeah. thing and uh, how to how to get by and stuff. Um, that's why we're talking about the entertainment that's available. So we could, uh, you know, recommend some stuff that we're doing to get through this time. Um, mm-hmm. keep your mind off of it. I know, uh, it's kind of weird for me. I know I'm, I'm, I've been extra paranoid. Um, 
my wife is um, eight months pregnant plus, and like the baby could come out um, after next week, pretty much any time she'll be at term, and um, you know it's it's pretty scary because um, if she gets sick. At this point, the doctors would want to take the baby away from from us, if and like put it in quarantine if like we're sick, to keep the baby safe um, mm-hmm. from the virus. But um, you know we don't want that to happen. Like that's a that's pretty bad. So we mm-hmm. you know like so we're we're just trying to stay away from people as much as possible. We came up to my parents' house. And we're hanging out here because. They have a big yard and a big house, and it's nice for the toddler lane to go running around and stuff. So it's been really nice up here. I feel really grateful to have such a solid support system to help me out and be willing to um, shelter in place as much as we um, as much as we are, because you know there's no point in them going out and doing stuff if if we're not doing that like what would be the point so yeah i mean we're we're pretty much on lockdown um but it's nice being up here um yeah you basically have your own personal park yeah 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 um so yeah it's it's going pretty good though i mean i i'm pretty busy all the time just with lane i keeping her busy is a full-time thing my work has gone um i work at a high school and they're it's all digital now so in some ways, there's more work for me to do. I'm basically working from 7.30, 8 o'clock to 4, 4.30 and uh, just helping people with their tech problems. But everyone's using tech all the time now. So there's there's a lot of problems all the time. And it's pretty interesting. Like next week, they're actually going to start doing like normal class hours. So like at 8 o'clock for your history class first period, you got to get on to Google Meets and the teacher's going to take attendance and do a lesson and you have an assignment to do or whatever. And... Um, you know, that's pretty interesting. Then it'll be like 80 minutes awesome. later, you have to go to your next class and go on to Google meets there and sign in and check do attendance. It's, yeah. I'm really curious how it's going to go. I, they, the last couple of weeks, they've just been doing stuff on Google classroom. And this week it's like, I think next week they're going to this, you know, basically in school thing. I can't even imagine <laughs> being a student through this, you know, being like, yeah. like, I mean, we kind of, when we were in high school, the teachers went on strike and we just had a longer summer and then had to be in school until like July and they're mm-hmm. trying to avoid that. Um, but like, I mean, if this goes on, like it, there's a very real possibility that we could be out for the rest of the year. Like that's a possibility. And uh, yeah. if that happens, like they wouldn't have graduation. Like I do the senior video, like I have to film and edit the senior video and I don't have enough footage. <laughs> so I, like there was a bunch of stuff I was going to like uh, events coming up at the end of the year that I was going to film at. So, um, I don't know how I'm going to do the senior video and you know, stuff like that. AP testing, AP testing, I'm the AP coordinator and all of that has gone online now. Like even if we're back in school by May 4th, like AP testing is online either way. They've already decided. So, hmm. That's a that's a huge change. Like the testing is that's that's huge. That's like a gigantic difference. So um, yeah, th- things are weird. We're living in a weird time. Um, I want to tell you guys too about some entertainment that I've been really into lately. I mean, you know, I, I I like watching sports. I like uh, I was kind of getting back into NBA basketball. I try to get back into NBA like 
after Christmas, like around February, I try to watch more like around the all-star game. I like to try to get back into NBA around that time. And, uh, I was watching the game when they, they canceled the league. It was like a pretty surreal moment. Cause like no one knew what was happening. Yeah. And like, uh, like a doctor came running out onto the court and like told the ref to like, like don't what? let anyone. Yeah, dude, it was, it was weird. It was crazy. Like mid game. No, no, like they they were delaying the start of the game. So like what happened oh. was a player on the Utah Jazz like was had symptoms and uh, he got tested and he got tested positive. But I was wa- I was trying to watch a game for another team that had played them like the night before and uh, and so because that guy tested positive in a different city, they didn't want to start this other game where other people mm. were probably exposed to it and, and so the info yeah. was coming right when, in like as the game was starting yeah they first delayed it and then the doctor came like running out it was wow. uh yeah it was crazy it was so weird uh, but so i mean i you know i'm a big wrestling fan though and the crazy thing about wrestling is that they're just they just they're still going on like there's new <laughs> wrestling events they're still going so mm-hmm. uh but they've been filming them at the performance center in florida in front of where they do training typically they've been filming them there in front of no crowd they still have all the chairs set up as if there would be a crowd there but there there's there's just nothing and they come out the wrestlers come out and they do their entrances and everything I think the weirdest moment was when they it was uh, three sixteen for Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was like a Monday Night Raw, and Stone Cold was there because it was three sixteen day, and he came out and he was like, "Give me a hell yeah!" And then it just like cut to the crowd. Well, the, the <laughs> lack of crowd. That's cool. They just did you give him a hell yeah, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty conflicted about it, honestly. Like, I think on one on one hand, I actually find it super interesting. It, it and I like it more in some ways. Like it kind of cuts out some of the BS. Like just the the crowd can be distracting, and it's just like that you have to like just focus on what's in the ring. So like this guy Edge, he cut this promo a couple weeks ago, and he was just looking directly in the camera, and it was a silent yeah, ring, but he was like really expressing passion. And it was like it was fire. Like it was really good. And uh, you know, with the wrestling, it's like they have to just like focus on the wrestling. So it's like they have to kind of try harder to keep you engaged and it works with some guys like Daniel Bryan's had a few matches and I feel like they've all been fantastic but like other people it's it's like without the crowd reactions it's it's less like engaging but uh, some people rely on that yeah kind of like buy a lot of time doing that crowd stuff and I don't, know, I don't know if you watched it last night, Derek, but there was a on SmackDown. They had um, like they had this segment with Elias and King Corbin, and like Corbin basically like threw Elias like off of like a two story like ledge, and uh, but they filmed it in a totally different way than they normally would. It was like you know it was like these camera people have filmed the wrestling one way forever, and then they decided like oh well we gotta get creative because there's no crowd so and they like had an over the shoulder shot and they cut away in a dramatic fashion. It was, uh, but yeah, I mean they're still doing WrestleMania, which is crazy. Like WrestleMania is their That's biggest event. So weird. Yeah, no. So it's like eighty thousand people are typically there with like hella pyro. It's it was supposed to be at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium, but it's going to be at the Performance Center, and. um you know, it's it's. I think it, I think it, I'm still pretty excited about it. Um, it's so wrestling that they would just go on. They would trudge on through this. Like of Don't course, miss a beat. yeah, of course <laughs> they would just keep going. But um, 
I mean, it's pretty scary, too, though, because these guys are, like, you know, they still have to work. They have to, like, breathe into each other's faces, basically. They have to, like, you know, lock up. And, I mean, for example, like, Roman Reigns, he's uh, probably the one of the biggest guys in wrestling right now, at least a full-time wrestler. And, you know, he's battled leukemia the last few years. And um, he was supposed to have a match at WrestleMania against Goldberg for the Universal title. And he just yesterday or a couple days ago said, like, I'm, I can't do this. It's too much of a risk. I'm like, I'm a high risk population. Like my immune Community. system is compromised. And so he, he's backing out of it, you know, and, and it's like, it's very like, I mean, that's a real concern. So, um, I'm really happy that wrestling's here and I really like how they're being creative with it, but it is like, I don't know. It is sort of, um, is the risk worth it for some of these guys? Um, Have you been watching AEW too? Yeah, yeah, I've been watching AEW too, and I, I feel like they're doing the same thing. They're getting pretty creative with it, and yeah. um, Matt Hardy just came to AEW, and his whole intro was like pretty exciting. <laughs> he just like was in the empty crowd, just like doing his Matt Hardy face, uh, his broken Matt Hardy face, and so yeah, wrestling's still going, and uh, of course it is, and it's kind of more interesting than it was before in some weird ways. So um, yeah, that's that's what's keeping me pretty occupied, other than school and the baby and stuff, and. I've just been. I've also been just trying to watch a bunch of movies, which um, we can get into now. Um, now that we're like forty minutes into the podcast, uh, you know, we could. We do. We do have some movies to talk about. The weird thing about this month is that uh, a lot of the movies that, like that, we might have seen already, like for for April and March, um, haven't. I guess it's not April. Like, it's not April yet at all. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Uh, a lot of the movies that we will have seen for March, like, just didn't come out or um, have been delayed. And so, I mean, uh, A Quiet Place 2, I think, is probably the biggest one. And Mulan is another big one where, um, who knows? Like, I feel like we definitely would have been talking about um, A Quiet Place 2. And, um, yeah, like, that'll, that'll come out later in the year. But, um yeah, the the I definitely wanted to bring up a few movies that I saw in theaters and at home. Um, I think the the first one was uh, the Invisible Man, um, and I, I that was, I think that was the last movie I saw in theaters. Um, you you guys saw that in theaters, right? Yeah, I don't think I Derek, sh- Derek, you didn't see it, but you guys saw it in theaters, right? I streamed it last week on that new streaming program they're doing right, now. Right, so that that's the demand. weird thing. That's the weird thing that's happening now, too, is that these movies that were in theaters that were making decent money or whatever, and then all the theaters closed, like Regal and AMC, everything closed. And so they uh, took these movies and put them on, like, what are they calling it? Like Amazon Premiere or, like, the theater experience online or something? I forget the exact title, but it's right up top, highlighted, and it's 20 bucks, so it's kind of more mimicking the theater price model, but... You share it with friends or family, and it could just be like any Prime other Prime Video Cinema is what Amazon's calling theirs. Yeah, so I mean, it's pretty interesting. Like, uh, a lot of theater owners aren't happy about it, especially with the movies that aren't out yet. Like, I know a lot of theater owners were pretty upset about was it the new trolls movie that's coming out? Like that was supposed to come out this weekend, but they're going to put it just out on digital next week. And a lot of theater owners were, are upset about that. And I mean, for, 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 I don't know, I don't know, I guess good reason, but I don't totally know. I mean, I personally think 
this whole entertainment industry is going to bounce back and everything will like even out. But um, there still like needs to be, I don't know, entertainment for these people to that are just sitting at home. So I think yeah, it's and like cool. certain movies that you know the trolls movie they probably can't really push it. Like, what are they going to do? You know when would they push it to and like what would it be conflicting with uh, as far as other movies that they're putting out and what's it going to be up against? Like those are big questions for studios and maybe a movie like that. It just, it, there's not really another place to put it. So, <clears throat> you know, just, just put it out online um, as if it were a big release for 20 bucks and um, yeah, make some money off of it. Mm-hmm. And then like kids at home too, like it's it just yeah. kind of makes sense for uh, that movie to come out now. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that is, uh, yeah, I, I I was able to watch a, f- a few movies and uh, like Sonic the Hedgehog is is out on di- on digital. Mm-hmm. I watched that. Um, the the new Vin Diesel movie I haven't watched it yet, but I know it's available. Blood uh, Blood Bloodshot, Blood yeah. Like uh, I have that like on cue to watch next. Um, the new Ben Affleck movie that was only out for like a week, The Way Back. I watched that, hmm. you know, and it's like, it's like, oh, they're just available. So, um, you know, it's like kind of keep yourself busy. Yeah. Um, it's just these are movies that were supposed to be in theaters like right now. And I don't know if I would have had time to actually go to the theaters see, to see them. But because they're just like available on the Internet, it's like, OK, well, um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll make time and make that happen. Um, anyway, I do want to talk about the Invisible Man a little bit more in depth, like um, just because I thought I thought it was fantastic. Um, like I said, this is the last movie I saw in theaters uh, before all this went down. Um, it's a pretty interesting movie. I'm just going to read the plot summary really quick. Uh, after staging his own suicide, a crazed scientist uses his power to become invisible to stalk and terrorize his ex-girlfriend. When the police refuse to believe her story, she decides to take matters into her own hands and fight back. Um, so I thought this movie was fantastic on multiple levels. I do think that there are some issues with the plot. Like, I think that, like, under scrutiny, the plot might not totally hold up. Like, there's probably holes in it. But I walked out of the theater, like, having that general idea in my head. But then I quickly forgot about what those issues might be. Because I was... What I liked about the movie um, leveled out, like, was, was much more than what the plot issues might be like I loved the scares like I thought the tension in the movie was very very intense like very tight um there were a few really 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 effective jump scares like there were a couple moments where I like straight up just like yelled like I cursed in the middle of the theater (laughs) yeah and um I also loved the like the um the subtext of the movie and how it was really just like about an abusive relationship um, and how that can be psychological and physical, like the, the psychological element mm-hmm. of it being about this woman who like this guy makes her feel like she's crazy and makes everyone else think that she's crazy. And it's like, oh, so that is what an abusive relationship looks like. Or I mean, can mm-hmm. look like them. There's a lot of different kinds of abusive relationships. But like that, it, I thought they did a really great job of capturing that sort of thing of um, of how that might look. And uh, I did want to bring up how, like, I feel like we mentioned it on the last podcast or maybe that podcast before, but how the trailer gave 
away a lot of stuff. And the trailer initially makes it seem like maybe it's a ghost story, but then it's like, oh, it's an invisible man. And the question, I think, Sean, you brought it up. The question of, like, would this movie have been better or scarier if, like, you didn't know if he was actually a ghost or not Mm -hmm. or if he was actually invisible? And um, personally, I think, like, that is a totally worthwhile question because, like, there's a lot of ghost stories and that mystery would have been would have been very scary. But I think the point of the movie is to show what an abusive relationship looks like. And that's what the movie is really about. And that's where the real fear mm-hmm. is. And I think like it was actually really smart for them to have it be, uh, you know, about the invisible man. You don't, you know, that's not a ghost and that makes it like, that makes it scarier personally. So, um, you know, what, what do you guys um, think I saw it? Yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to mention is the action scenes in the movie I thought were really intense and really well done and put together. Like, um, I think the first time I was really wowed <clears throat> by it was when she's like having the fight scene in her kitchen and like, it's just like, she's, she's just being tossed around this room and being like thrown on the floor. Um, but she's like, she's not fighting anyone. It's like, she's invite if she's fighting the invisible man and like just the way it was like a one take shot and the way it was showing that scene, I thought was really creative and and interestingly done. Um, what's it, what's that guy's name? The, the director, he did, uh, Lee Wandel is the director. Yeah. He did, uh, um, what is it called? Uh, upgrade last right. year oh, right. or the year before two years um, I swear that had some the really mansion is the same location i swear is it <laughs> oh actually maybe it is <laughs> i don't I feel know. like um, an upgrade his house was a little smaller but like that was a yeah. mansion with like a mm-hmm. with like a wall of security like that was a giant piece of property mm-hmm. but uh, uh, do you have anything else? But yeah, that movie had that movie had some really great action too. Uh, Upgrade did, and and I think he, um, yeah, he he brings that to this movie, which I kind of wasn't really expecting. I was expecting more like a horror kind of suspense movie. Um, so yeah, that was a nice surprise too. Yeah, I think the the thing I probably liked the most about this is the intelligence that the main character had. And there's just like a lot of stuff written in that just showed her kind of trying to outsmart the invisible man, like the, um, the like dirt on the bedroom floor. And just obviously there's stuff towards the end that gets very specific, but I just kind of liked how she was constantly doing things that was equally as clever as the things he was doing back to her. And that was just really fascinating to watch. Um, and Elizabeth Moss, that's her name, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her performance is great. Really, really outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really good. And the, the movie does, like, a lot of really interesting things. I I just want to touch on the, the opening real quick, too. How, like, the movie starts with, like, she's, like, escaping from his house. And, uh, like, she she's, like, slowly, like, she, like, goes into the bathroom and she, like does a couple things and make sure he doesn't wake up. And then she like, she's like sneaking around to his house in such a like interesting way. But like, at first I was like, why is, why can't she just leave? And then, 
she 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 gets out of there she, and she climbs over a fence and she runs through the woods. But before she leaves, she accidentally sets off an alarm and then and then he's there. Like he like chases after her and he gets there to like where she's like escaping from. And it's like I don't know. It just to me like really captured like the intensity of like leaving someone when you feel like you can't leave them. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's like super intense. Yeah, and like that whole scene was uh, had virtually no dialogue, and it sets up so such an interesting dynamic for the rest of the movie. Like the way that like you you get to feel so much how much she is afraid of him, and and um, without even really seeing him understand what he's capable of, and. Um, yeah, it was it was a really cleverly put together scene for sure. Totally. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That was the Invisible Man. Like I like I said, you guys can watch it right now on uh, what was it Amazon Prime Premiere or something or mm-hmm. iTunes uh, Theater Experience or whatever they're calling these things. But yeah, you can watch it right now on the internet. Um, get some friends and and watch a new movie. Um, it's it's really good. Um, Another movie that's uh, surprisingly available already is um, Onward, the new Pixar movie. Um, this is available on uh, the same way where you can stream it. You can pay 20 bucks and rent it. Or um, I think it's actually going to be on Disney Plus uh, like April 4th. So for those of you who have Disney Plus, you'll be able to stream the the new uh, Pixar movie just very soon. Um, Brandon, do you want to set us up with uh, Onward? Yeah, so I did stream this on Amazon as well, um, but the the IMDb description is set in a suburban fantasy world. Two teenage elf brothers embark on a quest to discover if there is still magic out there in this world. Um, so Pixar always makes great animated films, and I think this is an awesome, fun kids' adventure. Um, Coming off the back of Inside Out, Coco, and Toy Story 4, I don't think it's nearly as in-depth or impressive as those stories or emotionally resonant as those. But um, overall, it's still just like a super tightly written children's Pixar movie. Um, I kind of put it up like closer to like some of the top-tier Disney ones, like Big Hero 6 or some more fun films like that. Zootopia. That yeah, Zootopia, Big Hero Six, just like really good, tight, fun um, movie you can you're watch s- for the kids with good morals. You're saying it's a it's a B Pixar movie, but an A Disney movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Is it better than Frozen? Uh, Frozen's yes. a, a D Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> Frozen's but, not that bad. Honestly. You know what I think about Frozen. <laughs> I actually um, don't remember what you think about Frozen, oh. but we don't need. But you know, in in out. no in no way is it like Monsters University level. Like it's much better than mm-hmm. that type of yeah. Pixar. Anyway, so I I for the most part really enjoyed it. I had a blast watching it. The pacing's great. The animation and quality is just so fun to watch nowadays with Pixar and their ridiculous level of detail in the environments. Um, as we were talking about with Toy Story Four. Um, I think one thing that kind of got to me with this movie, since it is supposed to be an adventure, and by the time they actually get to adventuring and hitting their main obstacles through their magic, I wish the movie had just been longer. Like, I wanted to watch them go further and get into more unique magical scenarios. Um, Like, crossing that bridge 
was so great. And I wanted three more of those things to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is an adventure film, it would have been great for it to have been a longer Pixar movie. Yeah. So that's what I thought of the movie. Um, what do so, you guys think? So did you think that the movie was too short then? Like, would you have preferred it to be a little bit longer? Yeah. I just like, once they actually got out into the wilderness, like there should have been another 15, 20 minutes of just like cool magic shit happening. Because for me, that was the best part of the movie. And it was, it was so short or it was just such the last third. But yeah. otherwise great film, you know? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I thought the, um, the, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree a little bit. I, I don't know. I don't know if the adventure Wait, part was. Going? Yeah. Oh, oh boy. What? Sorry. I was, uh, I, I didn't hear that we were, we were going again. Oh, that's yeah, fine. Let's gonna, keep going. Right right anyways. Keep yeah, going. yeah. Keep going. Um, no, I thought that the adventure part was, uh, was good. Uh, I just, um, I don't know if I would say it was my favorite part of the movie though, because I, I got really into the relationship with the brother. Like I got, I thought like the central relationship of the two brothers and them like initially just trying to like figure out what the deal with the magic was. I thought that was like pretty great. And, um, I don't know. I really liked how tight the movie was too. Like I, I easily watched it and like, I accidentally stayed up too late watching it because I got like, I turned it on thinking like, Oh, I'll watch like half of it and then watch the next half the next day. And then all of a sudden I was like completely invested and engaged and it was like a pretty short movie. So I kind of just was like, well, I just kind of committed to watching the whole thing. Um, yeah, Brandon, didn't you, how long did you say it was? It was, it had like 10 minutes of, yeah, of literally 10 minutes of credit. Like, so it's an hour geez. and like 30, 30 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. So question movie comes out on Disney plus in a week. Is it worth the 20 bucks to watch it? Like, is it, or is it better oh. just like a, Oh wait, wait, watch it on stream. Yeah. Do Disney plus at this point. You know? yeah. I was kind of trying to cram it in for the podcast, but yeah, yeah. Should, I only watched it cause Brandon already, Brandon paid for it on our prime account. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I would have liked a little bit more uh, of the fantasy stuff towards the end of the movie. I also thought it was a little um, strange in its structure. I felt like it almost, so it started out with this interesting premise of, um, you know, magic kind of fell out of existence over uh, as technology got better. um, And then no one really has magic anymore. But then I thought they kind of abandoned that premise tour like halfway through the movie and then it was a lot more about you know it became about the the journey that the kids are going on and then it right like kind of subtly brought it back they abandoned that premise but personally for the character we're watching he does yeah which i see which was probably maybe for the better um because i was a, a little disinterested in the early on um but then as they, it kind of gets more into the fantasy stuff and and they get more uh, or further along their journey, I th- actually did get pretty into the movie and I really enjoyed that uh, central relationship. Um, uh, but yeah, the, I, I quite enjoyed the movie as well. Um, pretty much agree. 
Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I thought there were like uh, a bunch of emotional moments, like mm-hmm. Pixar's really good at, um, but not as emotional as other Pixar movies. Like you mentioned, Inside Out and uh, Coco and stuff. I definitely thought those were better and hit the emotional part harder. But um, I thought the ending was was pretty emotional and um, mm-hmm. came together in a way that I wasn't fully expecting. But um, yeah, I mean, Pixar just has such a like high standard that like this would be a lesser Pixar movie, and it, it wasn't to me. It wasn't bad in any way, really. It just wasn't as good as the other ones. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Onward will be available pretty soon um, on on. Uh, on Disney Plus, or you could stream it through Amazon or iTunes or whatever. Um, I, I feel like Pixar. I feel like Pixar does this every few years, where like they'll come out with two movies in a year, and one of them will be like a masterpiece, and the other will be like okay, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would need to go back and like really double check this, but like, and it's not always hard and fast. Like last year, the only Pixar movie that came out was Toy Story, but. Um, I think they had another movie scheduled for this year. No, they Soul. do. It yes. Go or Spirit or it's Soul. called Soul it's called? and Soul. That one looks. Got pushed, yeah. You don't think it's not supposed to come out this year anymore? It's June nineteenth. That feels really soon. Yeah, but yeah, that movie looks fantastic, though. Oh, it hasn't been delayed yet. Is it? Oh, I haven't seen a trailer for it. Yeah. What? That one looks really I great. Think they have two trailers for it out already. Yeah, it Damn. looks really good. Okay, and, I'm gonna check um, that out. But I remember, like, the year that The Good Dinosaur came out, I think Inside Out also came out that year, and that was another one where it was like, yeah, Inside Out was a masterpiece, and Good Dinosaur was, like, just okay. But, um, yeah, guys. Um, what else is out? Uh, Birds of Prey is coming out this yeah. week, or just came out last week on digital, and uh, that's mm-hmm. another one that was in theaters, that most that most of us saw in theaters. Uh, Sean, do you want to yeah. set us up for Birds of Prey? Or yeah, what's the, um, what's that movie has two titles? Yeah, that's a, it's a little weird. Um, the IMDb still calls it Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, um, but I believe it's it's uh, it has another title. I don't know if it's an official title or what what's going on with that. But the other one is Harley Quinn colon Bir- Birds of Prey or Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey or something. Um, but yeah, it actually came out Um, February 7th, uh, and I saw it in theaters. Um, the premise is after splitting with her, with the Joker, Harley Quinn joins superheroes, Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya to save a young girl from an evil crime Lord. Um, it's starring, it has a pretty amazing cast, uh, Margot Robbie, Rosie Perez, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, and then it has, um, uh, Ewan McGregor, um, a few other interesting people in there. Um, but yeah, I actually had a, a really good time with this movie. Um, I thought it was really well directed, uh, had a really interesting energy, like, you know, getting kind of the movie kind of goes at Harley Quinn's pace. Um, and there's a lot of her narration and, uh, Margot Robbie is just fantastic in this movie. Um, she's just an absolute star. And 
just a just a ton of fun to be around and she's funny and like she's just kind of running running around um doing what she does you know like the the uh she gets a bodega um, breakfast sandwich at one point. It's like it turns into a whole like thing throughout a an extended five minute long action sequence. She has like this this bodega breakfast sandwich. Um, I don't know, Br- Brandon. Did you been, relate? To I've that? been having so many bodega breakfast sandwiches. <laughs> you have no idea. Like yeah. I missed out on that for like five years in New York, and I've really been making up for it like every day. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, it definitely like the way that they prepare it and the way she describes it, it's like a food porn scene. Um, <laughs> it was pretty, it was really well done. Um, but also like, I guess like the action in this movie is kind of what, what made it so fun for me. Um, it's really well put together action sequences and just like, there's a ton of color and, um, really interesting longer takes and like bigger shots where, you know, multiple characters are, um, are kind of doing a, a bunch of things at different, um, parts of the frame. Uh, and it's just like really cleverly put together. Um, I do think the movie has some pacing issues and, um, some pretty big structural issues, uh, mainly like in the flashbacks, the, there's like some bizarre flashbacks where like in the middle of a really awesome action scene, they'll like do like a 10 minute flashback and then bring you back up to that point and <laughs> keep, keep going with the yeah. story. Um, Deadpool did that a lot, but I think it worked really well in that movie. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I'm, I'm, trying to think of birds what of the prey wishes it was yeah. deadpool sorry <laughs> i've seen it compared i've heard it compared to deadpool a lot yeah um, um people are given a lot of hype to yeah. that hospital sequence which is pretty beautiful yeah um and i want to shout out the police car sequence in the climax the car chase mm-hmm. on rollerblades yeah i really liked that um, as much yeah. as I'm like hit or miss on this movie as a whole, um, I just think that action scene needs to be shouted out more because that rollerblade mm-hmm. scene was great. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also did think like the other character, the Birds of Prey characters um, were a little uninteresting and they were all three kind of the same brooding badass character and um, didn't, you know, having three of them all together didn't really add anything to, you know, to the scenes, I guess. Um, they were all three kind of interchangeable, but, um, yeah, I thought the, uh, I, I really liked, um, uh, Ewan McGregor's character, Black Mask. Um, I thought he was really funny and, uh, and did a really good job. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it. It's just like, to me, it was just a really fun movie. Um, uh, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend everyone to see it in theaters, but you know, if you're at home alone, you know, if you're at home and looking for a fun, fun movie to watch, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. Well, it was one of those movies where it came out, like you said, early February, but it was still doing its theater run. Like people were still seeing it. I feel like I saw it 
I st- I definitely saw it in March in the theaters. Me and Shannon went and saw it, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was nice just to like get out of the house and go see a movie. It was kind of one of those things. And there were a bunch of people in the theater. Like it definitely still had a theater run going on, but then uh, obviously it's it's done being in theaters now. So it's not going to come back when when the theaters open. So they just uh, put it out onto digital early, so um, you have something to watch um, if you wanted to watch it. Um, yeah, I mean, I personally didn't think it was that great, but I also like wanted to support it because uh, you know it was a female-led superhero um, movie the, that doesn't normally that that's only happened a handful of times, and like not only was it starring Margot Robbie, who's pretty good in it, but it was also done by a female director, and um, you know, I I, I feel Kath, like Kathy Yan Yan yeah, um, I felt like it was almost like hypocritical that. for me to like. I, I, I like promoting female filmmakers. Like I, I actively uh, like seeking them out. And it was like, am I really going to see every other comic book movie? <laughs> every, literally every other comic book movie and skip out on this one. And so I felt like almost obligated that I had to go and it, it was all right. But, um, I do think like having it, I do think they messed up on the marketing calling it birds of prey because to me it was very much a Harley yeah. Quinn movie. They should have just gone yeah, with it I being agree. Harley Quinn. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that also is available on streaming now, so you have the opportunity to go watch that if you want. Um, I want to tell you guys about a uh, Brazilian film that uh, I've been really wanting to watch. This is another one where um, I had it marked on my calendar of when it was going to come to Seattle. Um, it was released in Brazil back in October, I think. Um, Carlos actually saw it in Brazil, and he gave it five stars, and uh, just thought it was fantastic. And I read a bunch of reviews of it, and the concept just sounded like totally up my alley. So um, I was like really, really excited for it. It's called Bakaru, and um, it's it, it was supposed to come out like um, a couple weeks ago, and I marked my calendar. It's going to come to the SIF theater in Seattle and then um, and then the SIF shut down that Friday so um, it never came out and so interesting enough um, there's this um, there's a streaming service a small streaming service called Kino Now and they've partnered with some local theaters to so that you could have like a digi- have a virtual theater experience and uh, rent the movie for $12 and um, and watch it at home uh, and like it supports the local theater in addition to actual money for the theater. So I actually uh, rented it from BAM in New York City. So um, uh, it was kind of like a funny thing renting it through that site to get it to. Um, I just had never done anything about like that before. But it's kind of an interesting way for these indies to kind of stay alive. Um so real quick, I'm just going to read the plot summary off of Letterboxd. Uh, Bacaru is a small town in the Brazilian Cerrato. Uh, it mourns the loss of its matriarch, who lived to be 94. Days later, its inhabitants notice that their community has vanished from most maps. So um, I everything I read about this movie before I saw it like hinted at sci-fi elements and drama elements and said it was like had some action and crime in it too and so like that to me like was enough of a hook like the fact that their their town disappeared was like 
okay, what does that mean? The matriarch died. Does that mean the whole town is gone? Did it ever exist in the first place? Uh, are there aliens? Did they all get abducted? What just happened? And um, I really uh, can't say too much about this movie. I don't really want to talk about it for too long because I feel like anything is a spoiler with this movie because part of the joy of this movie is how it plays out and how it kind of um, changes styles and tones and um, presents different ideas of what the movie is. And it's kind of like a, it's kind of a box that folds into other boxes as it comes apart. And um, I think it turns into something really interesting. I was like, it wasn't at all what I was expecting, but um, it, it definitely has something to say. It has a pretty strong message and there are, other movies that have similar ideas that have come out recently, but um, I think this one hits those ideas a lot harder in a lot better ways. Um, so I mean, I don't know. I absolutely loved this movie. Um, so uh, Brandon, you saw this movie yep. too. Do you like agree with me I, that we can't really talk about it too much? Or I saw it this morning actually. Um, right. I'd been looking forward to seeing it, like you had. Uh, it's interesting how it becomes becomes kind of a genre movie and you don't really know when that's going to turn or I don't I don't know it was it was more fun than I thought it was going to be and the politics behind it is interesting the way it plays out I don't think I'm rolling as high on it as you um I'm not sure I'm not sure there was the like depth that I wanted uh, when it comes to the climax, but uh, it's definitely a wild, interesting ride that I really liked. So, yeah, um, I, yeah, I mean, I initially gave it five stars on Letterboxd because I, I mean, I just, I just thoroughly enjoyed it and it was totally up my, up my speed. Like it was totally yeah. like, that's, this is a movie that like, that I love. And there is one big thing that like a big complaint that I could have about it. And that's ultimately why I shifted it down to four and a half because I do have like, I do have something to say about the ending, but again, I don't want to like say, I don't want to say it right now, but um, I also gave it five stars because I do want people to watch it. Like I want people to, um, I don't know, to seek this movie out if it's on their, if it's on their radar or, or not. Um, It's just, it's a really interesting movie. Um, so again, it's called Bakaru. Uh, you spell that B-A-C-U-R-A-U. And, um, it's a pretty awesome Brazilian movie. So, um, yeah, if it, you can, you can rent it over Kino now and support your local theater through this coronavirus time, um, or just keep your eyes open for it. So, um, Brandon, uh, you had another movie you wanted to mention. Yeah. Um, so film I watched like six weeks ago, uh, is this new Japanese anime film called Weathering Not With You. New. Not that new. It came out last year in Japan, but slowly mm-hmm. rolling out here in the States. Uh, Weathering With You. Uh, the IMDb synopsis is, a high school boy who has ran away to Tokyo befriends a girl who appears to be able to manipulate the weather. Uh, this is written and directed by Makoto Shinkai, and he's the <coughs> infamous director who did the blockbuster anime your name that came out in like 2017 it's like one of the i think it like Mm. broke records in japan for like Mm. biggest release ever or something 
Um, so yeah, this is follow up movie and it is really great. I am excited for you guys to watch it because I had, I, I almost, it's as for me, it's as good as your name was. And I really liked your name as well. Yeah. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. And I think a lot of it comes down to the climax of this movie is so beautiful and well done. And the music is gorgeous and it just like hit so perfectly in the last 10 minutes and everything comes together in a great way. Um, so I'm the only one here who's seen the movie. Uh, so there's not going to be too much conversation, but yeah, go see How it. How did please. you watch it? I saw it in a second run cinema, oh. uh, here in New York. So oh, it's already out of theaters everything. by far at this point. It just hasn't come out on streaming anywhere yet. Right. It's a, it's a weird, it's in a weird place because it's like not a major studio movie where they want to like promote it in a time where people will be watching these movies. So they're kind of keeping it on its regular schedule, I guess. But, um, um, yeah, I, I remember we were trying to get Sean to go to like Bainbridge Island to go see it <laughs> because he <laughs> had said he'd wanted to see it. And it was like the only theater was playing yet in Washington oh, was like on so Bainbridge weird. Island. And yeah. smallest theater possible. Sean, Sean wasn't willing to take a ferry to go see it. So, um. yeah. Nope. Um, Unfortunately not. So yeah, that was weathering with you. So keep your eyes open for that. Um, Derek, you wanted to bring up a movie that I wish was on streaming right now. I don't know why they're not making it available for home viewing, considering it seems to be a perfect movie to watch with your family right now in a time of stress. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Impractical Jokers movie. It was the last movie I saw in theaters um, at the beginning of the month. But yeah, for people that don't know, the Impractical Jokers, they're a group of comedian friends. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, God. They have a show on like True TV, I think. It's also on Netflix. Most of their seasons are on Netflix, uh, where they kind of force each other to do funny things in public and try to, they try to, you know, get to a point where their friends say, no, I'm not going to do that. And if you don't do it, you lose this kind of it's a competition type thing. Uh, so they've been huge for a while now and they just came out with their own movie. Uh, and for the most part, it was pretty fun. I, I think they kind of followed the jackass route where, you know, they use the movie as an excuse to kind of do bigger budgeted pranks type things, you know? Um, but I wish they kind of followed, I wish they followed Jackass more. So just like, you know, just like bit after bit after bit in this movie, they kind of tried to do some weird storyline. Uh, mm. and it does not work at all. I don't think, mm. <laughs> I don't know if I laughed a single minute of the storyline stuff and it's a good chunk of the movie. It's probably almost half the movie. Okay. Um, so that, but that how do part, the, how do the stunts compare to the TV? They were definitely, it was just like, like I said, kind of like Jackass, where they were like bigger budgeted things that they wouldn't have been able to do on their little little New York TV show that they, they just kind of do on the streets of New York. So this one took place all over the country. So they had like weird bits set up in like caverns, like underground and stuff like that that were really fun. And um, yeah, they were all just as funny as the TV show. Those guys, Those guys are like... They're just so witty that any situation you put them in, they come up with something funny. And uh, they just, yeah, use this as an excuse to put some money into those things as opposed to just 
you know, the really low budget stuff they do on the show. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, they're, yeah. they're super funny. I love the show. I, like I said, like I really wish this was just available right now so I could just yeah. turn on and have some big laughs because that's what I need. And, uh, I, I cry laughing with this show sometimes. Like it's yeah. like they're, they're so funny. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A lot of people were laughing a lot more than me. So maybe you guys will enjoy it more. I don't know. But, um, I, I just kind of, yeah, I was just hoping just like, just give me the bits, just the, you know, the little games they play. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like the Borat thing or whatever. Right. Where like there is a storyline to Borat, but that is like the least interesting part of the movie. It's like, you're here to see him mess with people on the street or whatever. Right. You're not here to follow him across the country. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Careful Nick. What? Borat's amazing. <laughs> I don't even just the, mean the, Borat. The story like, I think Borat Academy yeah. Award winning screenplay Borat. I'm thinking of like Borat and Bruno, like all those. I just feel like the the storyline element where like whatever the plot is, is always the least interesting part of these types That's of things. Technically, yeah. I see what you mean. That stuff's I mean, Borat did me. win Best Original Screenplay. Or Adapted? I don't know. Adapted screenplay so from the book. Be adapted. I mean, from the show, I guess. Adapted from. Oh yeah. yeah. Other uh, character from something else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those things are always just funner <laughs> when the unknown factors introduced, which is the random people on the street that get pulled into these things. Gosh, yeah. I mean, there was there's one episode where Joe just was like standing there and he was like, oh, thank God you're here to a random person on the street. And like, I've just always <laughs> wanted to start conversations that way with people. Just like, yeah. just go up to a stranger and go, oh, thank God you're here. Like, <laughs> what is that? Yeah. It sounds yeah. like, I don't know. It sounds like something Nick, Nick Rapier would be great at. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Anyway, um, I don't know. I don't have any more anything else to bring up with you guys. I and mean, we've been talking for a while, so yeah. uh, I think that's, that's I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, I don't know about you guys. Uh, I, I have a correction to make. Things. I have a correction to make. He was nominated for best uh, screenplay. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, before yeah, all our fans screenplay. complain, yeah. so yeah. I thought good, you were good, good catch. I thought you were just goofing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Apparently, Todd Phillips is uh, credited as a writer too. Story by hmm. Emmy Award winner. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I keep checking every week to see what's new that's coming out, and uh, you know, there's there's limited things. Um, you know, I'm I'm trying. I'm next week. I'm probably going to look into some indies that are on Amazon Prime that I heard were good. Um, I'm just kind of trying to explore some some stuff. You know, just have a little bit more time now. So, and, I, and like I said, I'm pretty excited about WrestleMania, which is next yeah. weekend. So weekend. it's going to be weird not having a WrestleMania party. I usually have WrestleMania parties, so I don't know. That's going to be kind of weird. But um, Skype, yeah. WrestleMania Skype party. Yeah, maybe. Oh, the other weird thing about WrestleMania is that's two nights now. So they split it up into yeah. two nights. Um, which is also weird, but I actually think they should always do that with WrestleMania because WrestleMania has been like eight hours the last few years and that's way too long. Just like I honestly, I bet they do. I bet they keep that format going forward. They should. They're I mean, excuse like, to make it 16 hours now. 
Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they probably would you yeah, do that, but cool. but still, like it's like it's like music festivals. Like people go to two day, three day music festivals and don't expect to see everything. If you only go to one day, like you pick and choose, like or or you pay the money to yeah. go to both. So just make it two days; it'll be easier for the audience. People will love mm-hmm. it more. But anyway, I don't need to talk about wrestling anymore. This is the monthly movie dispatch, and we're signing off anyway. So I've been uh, kind of interested paying attention to what movies are holding their release dates and which ones aren't. Totally. Like, which ones are really banking on the theaters opening up and being, like, the big movie to go see. Yeah. We should should maybe make a bet, like, off-screen of when the movie theaters are going to open back up. Like, what weekend can you go and use your AMC Stubbs A-list? I think I already know. I think I have my weekend pick. You don't know for sure. Wait, do we want to do... No. Well, I have, like, when I bet they... Winner makes everyone else watch Well, I was going to say, wait, are we doing the summer movie wager? That will be our summer movie wager. Well, that's the thing, is that the summer movie wager, at least through Slash Filmcast, like, they don't know if they're doing it either. Like, they... It's it's totally up in the air. They they don't know. Because they no one knows what the summer is going to look like. No one knows... Your, your picks might not even be released. <laughs> right. Like, like, Fast and Furious is... The Fast 9 is coming out... Or I should say F9 is coming out next summer. Like, they've they postponed it a whole year. So uh, they've already committed to that. So that's off the yeah. table for 2020. And so it's mm-hmm. like, like Wonder Woman got pushed back to August, I think. Like, everything's mm-hmm. getting pushed back. But uh, Tenet, Tenet's holding holding strong in its July right. release. Oh, yeah. Right, right. I think they're the really... big. Re- I know. That's what I think, like, those... Those movies that are going to be kind of early after the theaters open are really trying not to delay because mm-hmm. that's going to be the only movie. Yeah. yeah. Like right. imagine the movie theaters open. Tenant's the only thing. Everyone's going to see Tenet. It's going to yeah. make a billion dollars. Like, right. like everyone's been cooped up at home for three months and Tenet comes out. Yeah. It's going to make so much money. Oh, it's going to be on the ho- on top, top of it probably being like a freaking awesome movie too. Yeah. 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 Like, what a way to jumpstart the industry. So mm-hmm. That's why I think Soul's the same way. It's, like, right around the same time. Yeah. And that's, like, the only... I think that's, like, the only movie Disney has on its slate right now that it hasn't delayed. So. Totally. Hmm. Okay, so off-screen... So we'll when make do you this think, Derek? Off- what's what's your date? What Don't, don't tell do them no. Yeah, we'll do it off-screen because I oh, want to think about it a little bit. So we'll, we'll text each okay. other what day we want, what day we want to pick, and then that'll be our next contest. And the... Uh, the person who's closest will uh, um, make everyone else watch a movie like like normal. So um, uh, that'll be fun. That'll be a way to make this whole thing fun. So yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know if I'm gonna be on the next episode because uh, that'll be right around when I'm having a new baby. So I, either way, mm-hmm. whether or not we're back or not, I don't know if I'll be on it. But um, I'll be with you guys in spirit. Either way. So. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll be with you in spirit, Nick. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so um, take it easy, everybody. Uh, try to uh, take care of yourself. Stay safe. Stay, stay sane. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Don't touch your face. And I uh, love you. So. Love you too, man. Love you guys. Love Aww. everybody. See ya. Bye. See ya. Peace and love. Bye. Bye.